week on Legal Tech 101, we are talking mental health, a very important subject that we all should be talking about. Men are rubbish at it, women are better. Um, so this week, we are having two interviews. You are so lucky. Firstly, we're speaking with Hannah Becko, and we're gonna be talking about stress and how to manage with it. And then later this week, we're also gonna be speaking with Angela Han about coping mechanisms. So pay attention especially the gentlemen out there. Yes, I'm looking at all of you blokes and I shall see you on the other side. And now for something completely different. Um, great to be here. My name's Hannah Becko. I'm a commercial property partner. So I've been in the law for the last 15 years or so. Um, but because of my sort of journey through a legal career, starting my own legal business and all the pressures that come with starting a new business as well as being a, a lawyer as well, um, I certainly found myself suffering from all the symptoms of chronic stress. So it's as a result of that that I went off and tried to find ways to manage stress so that I didn't feel I had to reduce my business or leave my career. And after having found those answers, I suppose. Um, I just decided that there were lots of other people out there that needed to know about these things. And that's why I've sort of, it's become my, um, I suppose you could call it a passion project. It's my second business. Um, I've been doing it for about four years now, which is helping people in the legal profession to manage stress better. I think, um, do you think lawyers as a breed are fairly terrible at managing with stress and pressure? For lawyers, there's some very interesting statistics that you know you may may well be aware of. What really got me interested was about five years ago reading the statistic that 95% of surveyed lawyers suffered from moderate to severe work-related stress. And I thought I knew it was bad, but I didn't quite know it was that bad. And there's been a lot of studies since, not as big as that one, but the studies since are even of junior lawyers. Because years ago I used to see the stress in the sort of 30, 35 plus lawyers, because I think they were then starting to struggle with, with the family commitments as well as the sort of time and energy commitments that this career takes. Um, but the junior lawyers now statistically are really struggling with it. So it is a problem that we see. And also we see that the, the profession is at the top of the list of stressful professions, even more so than the armed forces or the emergency services. So there's a, there must be a reason why lawyers find this work so pressured and, and are generally suffering with stress so much. And I think a large part of it is our character traits. It's what brings us into the law in the first place. We say yes to people, we're people pleasers, we're overachievers, we've never done enough, we can always do more, we can always be better, we can always go further. And I think it's those sorts of traits that mean that we're really prone to, to being under pressure and under stress. Yeah, I think um, there's always an expectation as well, isn't there? So like lawyer or lawyering is such a, um, a traditional vocation, if you will. So if, um, and everyone's proud of their son or daughter who becomes a lawyer. And I think that the pressure almost starts from there, do you think? Seven, eight years old. Um, so they come from, yes, society, but probably mostly from our families, from our upbringing. As you say, parents sort of want children to do really well. They want them to have good careers. The law is certainly seen as a good career. And, you know, that, that sort of overachiever, if you like, I think starts, you know, I was eight or nine. You know, I got eight out of 10 on a maths test. And my dad said, that's brilliant. What happened to the other two? 
um, you know, and, and therein is an overachiever. You know, I knew that only the top, only the best was going to be good enough. And, you know, I'm not alone in that sort of story that we've come from upbringings where we were probably near the top of the class or pretty close. And we were encouraged by parents and teachers to, to go into a career like this. And then it doesn't stop when you turn 20, 25, 30. That sort of overachiever doesn't stop. So how, um, how do you think people or lawyers can better deal with this pressure? Because I suppose the tricky thing is it's always hard or yet impossible to push back on a client to say no or set expectations. So how do you kind of help your clients and I suppose your colleagues as well deal with these kind of pressures? I think I was thinking about this earlier and I think there are two sorts of pressures because that you're right there's the client pressure you know it's not really even our boss or our employer the real pressure for a lawyer comes from our clients and the deadlines and the transaction targets and if you're in litigation you know those deadlines and things so I think there is the pressure from our clients which is one thing and then the other thing I think is the pressure that we put on ourselves which I sometimes think is worse is is probably worse Um, but to go to your first point first about the client I think we do have to take more ownership of how we work with our clients. And I think especially as we get more senior and more responsible for our own caseload and looking after our clients, it is up to us to teach our clients about what might be reasonable and what might be acceptable. You know, I'm the first to stay up all night or drive around the country for an urgent deal that has to happen but I will not do it just because they want it done without any sort of real explanation or understanding why. So we do, I think, have to take some ownership of what we agree to with clients and the pressure that we're put under and ask questions about the deadlines and sort of have to prioritise. If you've got two competing pieces of work and the clients say they're both urgent, you've got to choose between them somehow. So you have to understand where that pressure is coming from and why to be able to make those decisions. So I think we do need to take ownership, but also the pressure we put ourselves under is something that we can look at ourselves. We can take a look at ourselves and say, why am I putting myself under that much pressure? When actually I could probably perform better if I had a bit of a break. If instead of working late, I went to bed early, Mm -hmm. I'll do much better tomorrow. So we have to look at our own pressure as well. I think think also the traditional... I suppose lawyer pricing model doesn't help those those targets. So obviously the traditional hourly rate is always a thing of, I suppose, um, always under speculation and always being talked about. Um, but if if we see perhaps projects moving to more project based value um, rather than hours, do you think that would help, or do you think that big firms are so entrenched in this traditional model about? the hourly rate for a paralegal versus a partner, for example? Well, I'm I'm a huge fan of fixed fees instead of hourly rates. I got rid of hourly rates eight years ago when I started working for myself. And, you know, you save a lot of time, eh, in just not recording and having to deal with that. So you save a lot of time. And actually, you just feel as though you're doing a job, doing your work, doing what needs to be done rather than focusing on the clock. So I I would love to see a move away from from recorded time personally. I just think it aligns us better with the clients because it's in everyone's interest to just get the job done because then we get paid, they get their transaction done. Um, So I, I would like to see that. But interestingly, people blame 
the chargeable hour and the targets and things for some of the stress that we're under. And I'm not saying it's not a factor, but I don't think it's the, the main factor that we, we have thought it is. Because when you ask many lawyers, um, you know, have they met their targets and exceeded them? Yes. Are they burnt out? Are they stressed out? You know, even without those targets, I mean, when I ended up with chronic stress and anxiety, I was working for myself. I had no recordable time, but I was working till 10, 11 at night. The problem is this, this needing to get the job done, needing to be the best, needing to please the client, not wanting to say no. That's the real problem rather than the chargeable hours target, I think. Makes sense. So, so coming back to it then, how, um, what, what things do you recommend people put in place to, because sometimes we can't always push back. So do you find that there's useful tips and mechanisms people should try and utilise for this type of thing? Absolutely. I mean, we can't always push back. Of course we can't. I think it's a good practice to make sure that we're being realistic with our clients and with ourselves. And it's always good to have those honest conversations with them. But there'll be times, um, you know, at the start of lockdown, we had many transactions that had to complete quickly because finance was going to be pulled and those sorts of things. Mm. And, you know, there will always be times when we have to work longer and later but I think what we need to learn to do instead of doing that, completing that deal and then going straight into the next one, we need to learn that, yes, that was an important transaction, an important deal, important case. And we had to work longer and harder for that. But the trade off is that the next week we have to give ourselves a bit of a break. We have to get some more sleep. We have to spend a bit more time with our family, maybe get some more exercise, fresh air, time outside. I think it's fine to go full speed ahead for a short period of time. What it's not fine to do is to do it all the time. And that's why our mental health is suffering so badly because we're just going straight from one thing into the next. Whereas we have to be a bit more sensible, just like we know we can't push our physical health too far. I think we need to learn that we can't push our mental health too far as well. So we'll, we can get through that tough time, but we need to see the light at the end of the tunnel and actually make that time for rest and recuperation and to get our energy back before we go into the next thing. Amen. I think that's really good. But no, thank you for doing this, Anna. It's been great to talk to you. Um, really appreciate your time. So thanks for your time. You're very welcome. Thank you.